Venom is launched. Centaur Revisited is also launched. Lots of new job appointments. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Martin Hare, but I'm the editor of Pinball News, and we're here to look back on all the excitement that took place in the pinball world during the month of July 2023. Right, and, and, uh, and it's been quite an exciting month. Uh, yes, yeah. two new game announcements, so to speak, although one is a rerun. And, and and one new game that we have been expecting for over a year. And, um, yeah, so lots of news. Um, so let's dive in straight away, shall we? Yeah, our first headline is about the launch of Stern Pinball's new Venom game. Yeah. Which is so, uh, designed by uh, Brian Eddy. Yes, who we know of uh, Attack from Mars, and Medieval Madness, um, and, 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 and uh, Stranger Things that he did for Stern, which mm-hmm. uh, apparently... Uh, while being a uh, lukewarm title when launched, apparently is going back into production due to demand. Okay. Popular yeah. demand, I would say. Okay. Well, that's good news that there's still uh, still demand for that title. So, but, uh, his latest game, I should say, is uh, Venom, based on the, the Marvel uh, character. Yeah, I never right. heard of that, by the way, but okay. No, it wasn't one I was familiar with. I, I, actually, I did know there was a movie some time ago, which I think I watched on a plane and decided I didn't really get on with. I didn't think it was that exciting. I can't remember whether it's Tom Hardy who was playing the, the lead character who uh, became Venom. But um, anyway, doing a bit of research to find out more about the Venom character, it seems like there's a lot of opportunities for interaction between Venom and other Marvel Universe characters. And that, of course, is what has, uh, has um, turned up, materialized in the Stern game. Yeah, it's, which is um, also immediately one of the things that turns me off instantly. Because it ref- reminds me of like the uh, um, you really have to be aware of or knowledgeable about uh, in this case the license Venom the comic yes. uh, uh, because if you're not you have no clue what your uh, uh, why you should pick a character to uh, or 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 something else. Well, the whole uh, concept is is a, a bit alien if you didn't pardon the pun um, when you first walk up to it um, and it says no pick your host. If you don't know anything about Venom, you're going, well, what's a host? Yeah, but that's no. the same like on, on Game of Thrones, pick your house. If you yeah, well, that was Game confusing of- as well. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I, I'm not that fond of uh, all those options, uh, because it, I think it makes pinball less accessible to people in general. Yeah, although I suspect um, a significant number of uh, casual players uh, will just walk up to it and just play whatever it gives you. They'll just hit the launch button and uh, yeah, and take well, it from there. Right. But it, okay. it is it is one of those games, or it seems to be one of those games. We should stress we haven't we haven't played it. It did premiere at Comic Con this year. Um, yes. not entirely surprising given the theme. Yeah, where it was available to play um, both on the show floor and in the special Stern. Um, presentation in in, the, in a neighbouring hotel, right? So yeah. um, and for the could first time, that. for the first time at Comic Con, as far as I am aware, Stern did actually a presentation on on the uh, the reveal of the game with uh, Brian Eddy present and uh, Seth Davis as well. 
en uh, Zach Sharp, head of Stern's uh, marketing division. Right, so, so sort of like a panel. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think we've seen at Comic Con uh, before. No. Panels, no. yes, but not with Stern Pinball. Yeah, well, I think this uh, this particular title was, was particularly appropriate for for that show and uh, to do a uh, a presentation or a seminar with. Um, it um, it's as we said it's um, this is Brian Edge design Dwight Sullivan leading up the software. Right. So you can uh, be pretty sure there'll be lots of uh, deep rules in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art, of course, is by Zombie Yeti, uh, Jeremy Packer. Yeah. And. Uh, we will come back to him a little bit later in oh, this uh, section. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a little news about him, but um, so when when they launched it, as they as they gen- generally do now with uh, with new game cornerstone games, anyway, uh, there was a small number of limited edition models available. We should should say as a cornerstone game, there will be the, there is the pro, the premium, and the LE. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's um, I think there's a thousand LEs yes. available that uh pricing was i think the limited edition was priced at 12,999 so 13,000 US dollars what yeah the premium was uh 9,699 so that's 3,300 dollars less than the limited edition right uh, and the pro model was was priced or is priced at uh, just under 7,000 US dollars Six nine nine nine, which I think's I don't think that's an increase on uh, previous prices, but uh, uh, maybe for the limited edition it might be. But thirteen thousand um, is a lot for a limited edition. I think you're getting uh, quite a bit. You'd want to be getting quite a bit for your extra three thousand three hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. I think uh, at this point these price increases or the current pricing anyway is sort of. Um uh, causing a lukewarm response uh, in the, the, the pinball enthusiastic market, so to speak. Well, uh, yeah, it's not exactly a uh, um, a uh, what do you call it? An impulse buy, is it? At that kind of price, you don't immediately think, "Oh, I'll, I'll buy a limited edition." Then, and then you look at the price, and then you think, "You causes you to uh, think twice about it." Yeah, exactly. So. Um, um, so apparently, um, if we have to believe um, uh, the rumors from the internet, uh, uh, lots of LEs and premiums and uh, pro models still available with uh, certain distributors all over the world. So if you're interested into uh, uh, one of these uh, uh, models, um, uh, you might as well um, go for it now because... Uh, Similar to Stranger Things, when that game was launched, also a Brian Eddy game at Stern, yeah, lukewarm reception, um, and uh, over time, people still uh, warm up to the game, so to speak, um, and then they want it, but it's more expensive than uh, when you could have bought it new. In the first well, also, also, I think the, the software on Stranger Things improves significantly over over time. Yeah. But um, as we as we mentioned last time, in the in the previous month's uh, pincast, we uh, Venom has actually been ready to go for for quite some time. Yeah, I haven't seen any code updates for Venom. 
assu- uh, assuming that it's mostly complete already. Yeah, uh, it, it's certainly not version 1.0 yet. I think it was only like uh, 0.8. I'm, I'm probably wrong. I think it's on like 0.87 when they were showing it. Uh, but it seems to have an awful lot of software in there for a launch title, which is unusual for Stern. And um, so I think that's quite promising because it gives people a very, very much better understanding of how the game's going to work eventually. With a lot of games they bring out, uh, the code is, is at one level and then it changes completely by the time it actually matures fully. Right. But I think okay. what we're seeing now is is quite deep. And, and, it, and we're talking about the code. I think it's actually worth looking at that a little more closely because it this is um to me the code is probably the most groundbreaking part of this game yeah there's some uh, some some different mechs on there um but they're not really anything we haven't seen before maybe they're all under targets for the um on the right hand side for for the doppelganger that's slightly different but it's in a way it's, it's like a version of the the crane that we've seen before on Batman and um, Dark Knight as well. Yeah, okay. But um, the hardware is not hugely different. Well, I I thought the the diverter on the the premium and the LE is something that we haven't seen. It's true. It's It's a three position diverter. So it can, it can either be a bash or it can be, it can be a ball lock or it can be a 180. I think. Uh, oh, actually, you can roll under it. You can lock the ball, or it can be a 180 U-turn ramp. Yes, yeah, so it has three possible positions. And there's, on the right-hand side, there's another ramp, which can either be a, a ramp or a, a roll under right. um, shot as well. But they're kind of like variations on a, on, a, on something we've seen before. Mm-hmm. But what's really changed, I think, with this is um, what they call the... Well, the tagline for the game is uh, choose your host, change the game. Which means that certainly on the LE and the and the premium, various aspects of the playfield change. I.e., that that diverter, that ramp, the settings for those differ depending on who you pick as your start host character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it's it's been far more integrated now with the Insider Connected system. Yeah, which means that when you log on to the game when you play your first game well however far you've got that is saved against your account and then if you go and play the game either the same machine or another machine it'll pick up from where you left off last time so you you can actually work your way through the entire game over time without having to start from scratch every time which is a nice feature and also it's got a um a timer which runs all the way through the game until you actually defeat the wizard mode so there's a a high score for how how long or the fastest person to complete it um across across multiple machines and multiple games Mm, so i think that's a that's a nice feature um that they've added and i suppose that's something that we rolled out maybe to uh, to previous titles as well you know, they, they do tend to uh, have all these features, like achievements and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. ending up you know, being retrofitted to previous titles. So it'd be nice right. to see that. Um, might might actually add some, you know, give some added impetus to to older games to have this this new feature. Yeah, oh, um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, it makes me wonder immediately. Okay, once you walk up to a machine, um, it gives you the option to probably. Uh, continue where you were or 
start all over again. But let's say you start over again. Do you still have the option on a future game to continue where you left the last time, not being the game that you're about to play? Yeah. Um, I, uh, because I, I, can I imagine, believe, I I believe can, there is the option to reset your save position to back to the beginning. Right, okay. Because I can imagine that if you're, uh, for example, in uh, uh, company of uh, other people playing along, um, you all want to start at the same point if, you, if you're playing a, a four-player game, for example, uh, because it wouldn't be fair scoring-wise, I suppose, if you're already, I don't know, I don't know three levels deep in the game, scoring yeah. might be completely different compared to level one. Oh, true, but then you have the option of just not, not logging in. You want to start from the beginning. True. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Um, but you might miss out on 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 uh, another insider connected badge. Yeah, achievement. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure so. there'll be plenty of those to go around, so I won't worry about that. Um, so I don't know what else to read to say about Venom. Um, it's uh, it's a beautiful looking game. So obviously got the the art from Jeremy as we we said before. What was another interesting feature about this about the the package is that it includes um, a dozen music tracks from uh, Mark Tremonti uh, from right. uh, from Alter Bridge and uh, I'm trying to think who his other band was, but. Um, he would previously, his main claim to fame, I suppose, would be that he has, um, oh, Creed, of course, yes, his other band, was that he uh, did music for Jersey Jack Pimble. Right. Uh, including their the little sting that goes along with their uh, their title animation for the for the company. Yeah, and so, also... And, uh, and, uh, the, the Godfather the, as well. Yes, exactly. I was going to say, we're going to get oh, to that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so he did um, a particular version of uh, the uh, the main theme from The Godfather, which is included in the, the, the pinball machine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a video in there. You can actually see him uh, performing it. Right. As well, so uh, interesting to see that he's now doing stuff for for Stern. Right. Uh, well, uh, already did some time ago, I suppose. But mm, yes, that's right. Yes, that's true. Yeah, exactly. The, the timing of it is a little unclear, yeah. but uh, but that's probably just a free freelance job anyway. So it doesn't prohibit him from working with any pinball company, I suppose. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm sure not. No, I'm sure he's doing it for the for the love of pinball. He's a big pinball fan. I think we we know that. Yeah, but uh, so. not not tied to uh, just one company though, which no. is is uh, is always a, a danger. Um, if you've got somebody who's who's really good at doing their job and uh, their work is is well appreciated, then uh, there are, there's the temptation to want to tie them up, especially if they're freelance, uh, with your company, so they don't do any work for anybody else. Right. Which brings us on to uh, a, uh, an announcement that just came in yesterday at the time of recording uh, about uh, Jeremy Packer, okay, a uh, zombie, zombie Yeti, Yeti. Yes. as we were talking about just now. Yes, uh, as he has been hired as a project artist at Stern Pinball, um, which leads me to assume that all the work he did so far on the various games for Stern Pinball was uh, as a freelancer. But apparently they... Uh, um, he's now a, a full-time employee. Yes, indeed. So uh, uh, I don't think it, I don't, we've seen him do any any artwork for any, any other company, but uh, I don't think he had the time. No, no. So he's his interesting title though, project artist, 
Um, I'm not quite sure how that ties in with the rest of the hierarchy there, because obviously Greg is still there as art director. Right. Well, he's probably still under Greg then. Yes, indeed. But uh, And he's assigned to a certain project, and he's doing all the artwork for that project. So yeah. it sort of makes sense. As, as he was before. But, yes, uh, <laughs> but not now as a stern employee and not as a freelancer. Hmm. I wonder if it means that he's going to uh, get a cubicle at CERN and do his, uh, or is he still working from his studio or home or wherever he used to work? Uh, I wouldn't have thought there'd be much any change in his requirements to be at the the factory. No, I don't think so either. Uh, no, I'm sure he'd much rather work in in his own studio and his own surroundings. But. You know, maybe it uh, just means he works on a, on a wider range of projects, you know, as well as as doing um, stuff directly for the game that he's working on. He, he can be working on other Stern-related projects. Right. Oh, well, we'll have to see. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll find out. We'll probably, probably get to hear from him uh, in October, I suppose, when we go to uh, Pinball Expo. Right, yeah. So um, I do have to say that while I congratulate Jeremy on uh, being hired as project artist at Stern, um, it seems to me that we're getting a little bit of zombie the overkill uh, <laughs> lately. <laughs> yes, well, there have been um, a, a significant number of themes which have been uh, suitable for his particular style of treatment. Right. Shall we say lots of comic book uh, styles. Um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine him doing something like uh, the James Bond game, for instance. But no, well, I, I, was, I was looking back on previous titles that have come from Stern recently, and I'm thinking, yes, that's a Jeremy Becker one, that's another one, that's another one, that's another uh, one. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, but they have all been. Deadpool, about, Turtles, um, Foo Fighters, of course. Yeah. Venom. Uh, Iron Maiden. Um, yeah, well, plenty to go around. So, um, but regardless of that, congratulations to uh, to Jeremy, and um, I look forward to seeing many more from him. I guess yeah. as he's, as he's now uh, a stone employee. So, uh, yep, well done, congratulations. But he is far from the only recent appointment. Yeah, no, that's true. Now it's raining a new appointment at CERN, uh, although some we already uh, discussed on uh, previous episodes, uh, like the last one, um, uh, uh, Cal uh, Spiteri from mm. uh, from Marco, uh, um, uh, switching uh, jobs and moving to CERN. Uh, we mentioned that last month. Um, yes. But, uh, but there are more. Um, there is uh, um, Tim Morrison, being hired as a technical service engineer, um, Julia uh, Mistil um, as a senior staff accountant, and Dave Hedge as a game so- uh, software tester and technician. Um, I lost track uh, which of these we already mentioned, other than uh, oh, we haven't. I don't. I don't think so. Um, quite a lot of these came. In, well, they all came in um, after our previous pincast. Uh, it's interesting to see Dave Hegg um, there as a uh, an appointment as a game software tester and technician. Um, I've known Dave or seen Dave around for quite a long time. Right, uh, a, a popular player and also um, a technician at uh, Logan, and I think I've seen him down at uh, headquarters as well hmm. before um, fixing up games. 
there. So, uh, yeah, a popular character in the uh, Chicago area uh, as a uh, game technician. and uh, But now he's uh, he's got that job at Stern and a uh, software tester as well. So, yeah, somebody knows what they're talking about and knows, knows the business. So right. uh, a good, particularly good appointment there. The others uh, don't know so, so well. Uh, right. Well, I actually don't know Tim or Julia that well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some other appointments as well, which uh, came in because we did mention about uh, Elizabeth Geisk um, as a game software developer, and um, and Madeline Benz, I think we mentioned about a customer service representative. So mm-hmm. that's um, dealing with the, the, the customers, the public. Uh, but also, they've announced uh, Thea Iad as director of program management, and I have no idea what that means. Hmm. Uh, but uh, congratulations She's managing programs yeah indeed and Joe Stone uh, Wastone, um, as a manager of financial planning and analysis yeah. so jobs all over the place at Stern uh, congratulations to everybody there who's taken up one of those new positions yeah so lots of new faces um, I suppose that people should be wearing a hello I am <laughs> <laughs> yes that's right sticker <laughs> yeah should have a, a whole board up as uh, as people go in saying who, who the new people are but uh, yeah, it's but not just saying people hello people coming in no, no no exactly it's also saying goodbye in, in, in multiple uh, meanings I would say Yes, that's right. Yes, very sad um, announcement from Stern was the uh, the, the death of uh, Shelley Sachs Eldridge. Yeah. Uh, Shelley Sachs, as, as we knew originally, for back from the very early days of working with Gary and Joe at setting up uh, Data East Pinball. And then, then, 1986 uh, we're talking about. Wow, yeah. Uh, that's right. Yes, helped found the company in, in 1986, and it was well, it was a very small team then. So it was doing lots of lots of roles in receptionist, purchasing, uh, bookkeeper, um, personnel manager, office manager. She, she was the driving force behind the company for a very long time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was uh, she was actually running the the company really for a, for a significant amount of time, particularly you know when, when Gary was off. Um, at shows or visiting uh, dealerships or, or distributors, um, yeah, she she looks after the factory and uh, very sad to see her her uh, her passing after uh, all recent these years. Retirement, yeah, and recent retirement. She only retired a couple of months ago. That's true. Yes, yeah, she'd uh, been fighting cancer for uh, quite a few years. I think we, we knew that, but uh, very sad when when something like when someone like that. Uh, leaves us because uh, she had such a a bearing on the development of, of that company and uh, really made it what it is today. Right. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace, Shelley uh, Sex Eldridge. Indeed. And uh, but she's not the the only. Um, well, as you said, she retired a, a few months ago. But uh, she's not the only retiree because um, anyone who's been to the Stern factory and uh, visited the parts department would be familiar with. Uh, Dorothy Brown, or Dorothy yes. Brown, yeah, who was the uh, I don't know, she's manager of, uh, I think parts manager, I think, for the company, yeah, yeah. and uh, she's been with them for oh, nearly twenty years, I think, and uh, had a you know like uh, not not the same extent as, as Shelley, but uh, she certainly had a a, a a number of roles within the company. Um, oh, yeah. Dorothy, it is, and um, and. No, she is. Uh, she will be uh, sadly missed as well. Somebody who knew the uh, the stock um, of the, uh, of the games. Yeah, absolutely, 
Yeah. yeah, couldn't have yeah. put it better. Yeah. And there was a very nice person to deal with uh, whenever uh, there was a factory tour or anything. She was always very, very helpful, uh, at least to me. Uh, but I hear good stories from other people as well who uh, uh, basically reached out to Dorothy if they needed something. And uh, uh, she she helped them to their best of her ability. So Yeah, wish her a very happy and long retirement. Exactly. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, well, uh, maybe she'll be back for some some factory tour or pinball expo show or or something like that. You know. Yes, yeah, some uh, reunion. Be or maybe she's just glad to have someone <laughs> pinball in her life. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably sick to sick to death a bit by now. Yeah. Yeah, so. so we can round up the uh, the Stern Pinball news, I think, by just a couple of uh, code updates, which we can skip over very lightly, because um, uh, Foo Fighters had a new update, version 0.96 on the 10th of July, which uh, was really just a bug fix of uh, some issues which came up in version 0.95, uh, right. which was announced or was released just before. So nothing to, nothing new in that just to make the previous version work properly. And uh, James Bond also had an update. Not a huge amount there. There was a Chaos at Crab Key uh, wizard mode was added, which is a two-stage mode with reverse flippers and has a new high-score entry on the... uh, on the uh, high score table, if you uh, to see who, who scores the most points, uh, and and it's one of those modes that when you complete it, um, it, it finishes. It doesn't carry on forever, so all the balls drain, and then you start again. Right. So uh, there's some new topper light shows. This is in version 0.94, which came out at the 6th of July, mm-hmm. and uh, a few rules and behaviour changes plus. Um, well, we call them bug fixes, uh, and Stern called it uh, improvements for correctness and performance. Right, which means they <laughs> didn't get it right the first time. Well, every new every new feature introduces new bugs, so uh, or uh, opportunities for improvements to correctness and performance. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, that, that was it. That was at the start. Um, since the 10th of July, there hasn't been any new code coming out for any games from Stern. Yeah, yeah, it's been relatively quiet. Well, it has been quiet, basically. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, in, in, in that regard, anyway. I'm sure they're yeah. all busy working on, on new games. So, uh, or, or maybe there'll, there'll be some uh, dramatic updates coming out soon. Oh, well, we don't know, but... Uh, well, well, you're speculating about rolling out some of the uh, enhancements that were in, um, in Venom on to previous games so perhaps we'll see you know 20 game updates coming out all at once with new features right. so uh, or not yeah. right so anyway let's move on to our, our second headline which was uh, from Australia and about Haggis Pibble right you yes. remember last month we were uh, and, and anticipating yes. yeah well uh, anticipating the uh, the announcement of the new uh, well, let's call it a revisited game mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Haggis would announce, uh, which was at that point moments away, uh, um, and it turned out to be, as we speculated, indeed, uh, Centaur. Yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, the uh, the very well known, I would say, black and white game from 1981 with uh, Paul Ferris artwork. Yes, strikingly original design there, doing it in, in mostly black and white, with just coloured inserts really, and um, and a bit of writing on the playfield. 
Yeah. But and, anyway. And a few, few red accents in the artwork as well, but that's it. Yeah. So Centaur Revisited was, was announced. Um, a limited edition of two different models. There's the the Beast Edition, which is the, the lower price one, which there'll be 250 made, or maximum 250, I should say. And then there was the more, much more exclusive Oblivion Edition, of which only 50 games are going to be made. Right, and I believe the Oblivion Edition, you either, either have the option to choose for a black and white playfield or a colored playfield. Yes, apparently oh. some customers have been asking to add some colour to the playfield, which to me kind of defeats the whole purpose of the artwork in that it's uh, so strikingly monochromatic. Right. But, and, you know, if, if, <clears throat> if people want them then and are willing to pay, and uh, it's not a small premium because the, the Beast Edition has a, a launch price of 15000 Australian dollars, which is equivalent to about 10000 US dollars or just over 9,000 euros plus applicable sales taxes so that's 15,000 Australian dollars but the Oblivion edition of which are only 50 is priced at 25,000 Australian dollars so uh, two thirds as much again mm -hmm. uh, which is equivalent to 16,700 US dollars or uh, just over 15,000 euros plus, probably plus explains sales taxes what? again which probably explains why both models are still available in the uh, in the web shop of uh, Haggis, I believe. Yeah, well, when it was limited to you know a total of three hundred machines, people were thinking, well, that's not very many; they're going to sell out in next to no time. Um, and yet, you know, I checked literally just before we started recording this, and uh, you can order both versions through the Haggis website at this moment by putting down a deposit of so uh, 2000 or 3000 uh, Australian dollars I should say. right so if you figured you missed out because you found out too late you still have the chance to buy the game yes absolutely um, now those prices both include uh, free shipping within Australia and free shipping of a complete container of 40 games to planetary pinball in the US from which point you'd have to pay for delivery from Planetary Pinball. But that is only if they can do an entire container of 40 games. And given the way that, um, that Haggis sort of produced games in a, sort of an un... Well, it's not entirely clear, shall we say, when a, any particular game is going to be made available. And it might be that uh, if your game is the first one to go into the container of 40, then you might have to wait... Another 39 months, games. Months yeah. For another 39 games going to the same destination. Right. So if they're all going, 39 games going to the US, who also, all of whom, or the buyers of whom all want to have it shipped with the container and don't want to air, air freight it over separately. So it's a, a little unclear exactly when you will get your game by, by going that way. Yeah. Okay. So. Um um, but kudos to uh, Haggis Pinball for uh, revisiting Centaur. Um, yeah, indeed. It's uh, a very striking-looking game. It's got yeah. uh, a couple of LCD panels on the uh, apron at the bottom. Um, has a topper, mirror chrome artwork, um, RGB lighting, of course, and RGB displays. Um, the uh, alphanumeric displays, of course, not, uh, not DMD or LCD. Mm -hmm. And um, both versions have... 
uh, the option of the original game code or the 2.0 game code, which, um, if, if uh, Fathom is anything to go by, will add a whole new dimension to the game because I think that, that, that particular code, uh, the 2.0 code for Fathom, was uh, very well received. I think people like the way that plays. Uh, um, the Oblivion Edition, which is the uh, higher-priced one, adds um, inner cabinet artwork, uh, enhanced topper with extra lighting, additional multi-ball mode in the rules, um, custom voice call-outs, which aren't in the, the Beast Edition. Mm-hmm. Apparently has black balls, black targets, uh, laser edge side rails, uh, and <clears throat> this is all a bit cheesy, but uh, it comes with an airbrushed motorcycle helmet and a leather jacket, whether you want them or not. So, uh, and, and as John, uh, whether it's your size or not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, one size fits no one. One of those. Um, uh, also, uh, uh, as you said, has the option to have a colorized playfield artwork, which uh, some buyers have requested. I guess you get to choose what color it's going to be. Um, so, it went on sale at 11 a.m. Uh, Australian time on Wednesday, the 12th of July, which uh, seems a uh, Seemed a lifetime ago now, but it uh, wasn't all that long ago. Uh, and, and as he also said, um, both are still available. We don't know how many of either are, are available, but uh, you, if you want one of them, head over to haggispinball.com and uh, check out the game on their website, and you can order it through them for a 2000 uh, Australian dollar deposit for the Beast and 3000 for the Oblivion. Right. Uh, okay, and you discovered something else uh, rather interesting re- uh, regarding scientific games. Yeah, well, we, we mentioned scientific games as being the licensor of uh, Williams um, Williams Electronics um, rights through Planetary Pinball Supply (PPS) uh, for using the remakes. Well, I, I noticed on the on the wording of uh, the um, the Fathom, uh, sorry, the um, Centaur revisited documentation uh, that that company has actually changed its name now so no, no longer called scientific well they, they use the name scientific games but they, they are now called light and wonder or basically l w l n w light and wonder l n w dot com um, reading the uh, information on the press announcement that came out, which you must have missed at some point, it says Scientific Games Corporation will now do business as Light and Wonder Inc., a game company singularly focused on creating great games and leveraging technology to enable a seamless player experience across all platforms. Which right. obviously includes pinball as well. So, uh, so you probably won't see a scientific that. games name appearing on future um, 2.0 or remakes, but you will see uh, Light and Wonder or LNW. Right. So okay. don't, don't don't be too confused when you see that. No. Well, I wasn't, but thanks for clearing <laughs> that up. <laughs> Good. Well, so. in case you think it's a new company that uh, might have taken over the rights for Williams. Uh, I was wondering about that, but no. No, it's the same one, different name. Yeah, okay. So, uh, moving on to uh, Hexa Pinball. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, from France, a new company who uh, uh, recently uh, introduced us to their uh, Space Hunt game. And uh, um, apparently, orders uh, are significant enough for them to move to a larger facility. Yeah, still in the Bordeaux region of France, but um, didn't actually specify any numbers about how many games have been 
have been ordered, um, but uh, looked like they moved to a new um, factory unit. And they shared a couple of photos from their, their, their new place on their Facebook page. Doesn't really show very much. There's one game in the, in the factory and a, a blank playfield. So still early days, but uh, it's good that they, uh, they are looking looking forward and ahead to uh, to having to, to building their games and uh, in in reasonable numbers as well. So congratulations to Hexa Pinball, the team there, and uh, we look forward to seeing their Space Hunt game and playing it before too much longer. Right. Yeah. So um, hopefully they will be at uh, Pinball Expo. Mm, I expect uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, maybe even the uh, the UK Pinball uh, uh, Open or the, the the Pinball thing in August. I don't think the pin, UK Pinfest. I don't hasn't been announced that Hex Pinball will be there. But you never know. There's still time. It's not not very far for them to uh, just hop across the uh, the channel and uh, bring a game. I'm sure they'll be very welcome and we'll be able to have a a, a nice display. Nice of their of their work because it's uh, looks a very interesting game to me, and yeah. uh, and as a launch title, we want to see what they've uh, you know the approach they've taken to to making their game. Right. Okay. So, well, while sticking in Europe, let's move to Pimble Brothers, located in Sweden. Yes, indeed, uh, they've uh, just started production of the, the Champions Edition of their Queen game. They've been doing the Rhapsody Edition before now. So the Champions Edition is the, the lower-end model, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but some good news um, if you were looking to buy one. I don't know whether this applies to people who've already bought them. But uh, they say they have adjusted the, the manufacturer-suggested retail price downwards by a total of 300 US dollars uh, from uh, 9,295 US dollars to 8,995. So okay. just under 9,000 US dollars now. Right. Um, if you want to uh, get one of those, get hold of your local distributor to find out uh, the, the total price. The final price tag, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess there's taxes and shipping and, you know, various things. But Markups and what have you. Yeah, but the total cost... Um, at least of the distributors has has dropped by three hundred US dollars for the Champions Edition. Right. So it's not often we see a price decrease. So we should uh, we should applaud, applaud that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Pinball Brothers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and um, they also ran a contest to be the first to reach five billion points on Queen. Hmm. Yeah, and the the winner of that contest was uh, Josh Riggle, aka the Riggler. Uh, he managed to achieve that first and picks up a one hundred US dollar prize. Okay, and did he pl- uh, reach that with the glass on or? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll never know, but. Uh, well, we'd like to think it was done in a, a legitimate way. I'm sure it was. Uh, I'm sure Josh would never never do anything other than that. Uh, so. I don't know Josh that well. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah. Being quirky, I suppose, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, mischievous, shall we say. Yes. yes. Well, anyway, I think uh, so that's, that hasn't been a huge amount of news from Pinball Brothers, but uh, so that kind of wraps up our uh, coverage of, of their events in, uh, in the month of July. So let's move... All the way. Well, I was suggesting to go to uh, Pedretti Gaming, related ah, to Pinball Brothers, of course. Okay, very good. Yes, uh, as uh, their contract manufacturer, but uh, and partner in uh, Euro Pinball, um, uh, they did a uh, they released a code update for um, uh, Rudy's 
nightmare, Funhouse Rudy's Nightmare, uh, the conversion kit, which now includes a speed run for Evil Rudy. Yeah, a bit like the uh, the one that's on Venom as well, for, you know, for how, how long it takes you to complete the entire game. Well, they do it for how long it takes you to complete the Evil Rudy uh, wizard mode for Funhouse. So that's new in version 1.0, which is always a good sign. That came out on uh, the 6th of July and includes uh, a, a number of other changes, feature changes, bug fixes. Uh, we won't go through them all, because well, in fact, we won't go through any of them, because uh, it's far too many. But uh, a, a very worthwhile update if you were one of the purchasers of the Rudy's Nightmare Funhouse Conversion Kits from Pedretti right. uh, Gaming. Um, who, as you say, with uh, with Pinball Brothers, have the Euro Pinball Corporation um, manufacturing facility to produce Queen and Alien games and whatever their third title will be. Yeah, which, um, uh, well, we know it's in the works. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder whether uh, we might be able to, uh, to to see that this year at some show, at some point. I would have thought so. I thought I thought it was actually originally supposed to be announced this summer. Okay, so, so maybe even last month, but uh, it did. I, I was, and then I missed it. <laughs> yes, well, me too. Uh, I think it may have been delayed by various various reasons, or for various reasons. But um, uh, no, I wouldn't expect it to be that much longer. But I suppose now they're now they're getting their teeth into building the uh, the Champions Edition of Queen. And uh, they have to start looking forward uh, or looking ahead to their, their next title. And uh, yeah, we're, whether we'll see it um, later in the year, I don't know. But uh, I certainly expect to see it announced fairly shortly. Okay. Although we've been saying that about various announcements, and uh, no, obviously it's not something that we have any inside knowledge of exactly when this yeah. announcement is going to take place. So each company times it according to contractual obligations and um, if it is a license and also according to when they think there's the best best time to, to announce it as, as far as sales go right okay now uh, finishing off uh, the uh, news about uh, Pedretti Gaming um, they're currently in the process of uh, building Whirlwind Total Chaos uh, yes units, and uh, they did share an image uh, of about uh, 15 of those uh, kits uh, being shipped to Cointaker in America um, and what I've been hearing is that a lot of people who were um, skeptical at first about a, uh, a an upgrade for Whirlwind um, once they had the chance to actually play it were completely uh, turned into believers so to speak mm-hmm. um, and enthusiastic about this uh, this update as it really enhances the game so to speak yeah i think it's uh it's a it's a nice if you, if you actually read um sort of read the the, the uh, modes um it doesn't convey just how well integrated they are into the the the, the gameplay so it, it sounds a bit weird and some of the modes sound the titles even sound weird but when you're actually playing it it all makes a lot more sense so uh yeah, it's understandable that now people are getting their hands on it and installing it and, and playing the game. They're starting to uh, sort of be a lot more enthusiastic about it and uh, and spreading the word. So uh, let's hope that's uh, another uh, winner in the same way that uh, Rudy's Nightmare was for Funhouse. Right. Okay, so 
Um, moving uh, back to North America, only this time uh, Canada, with uh, Pinball Adventures. Yes, they were uh, exhibiting at the uh, recent Yegpin show, where uh, they had their own stand, and they had their, their, new, their current Pony Factory game set up for people to play. Uh, now, I, I didn't read any sort of direct comments from that show, because I'm not being able to be there myself, but it, I did see from the pictures that it had a, a show price sticker on it that said $6,000. Now, I'm guessing since Yegpin is in Canada, that this is Canadian dollars, which would make sense because they're a Canadian company at a Canadian show. So uh, you think $6,000. Um, if that's true, then that means that it's a, a US price of 4500 US dollars, okay. which uh, sounds Seems very achievable to me. <laughs> very reasonable for, yeah. uh, for a new game. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people have sort of misgivings about uh, both Pinball Adventures and the Pony Factory theme, but uh, at that kind of price, I think you'd uh, you'd be willing to to take a punt and and try it and uh, and see whether you enjoy it or not. I mean, you're not going to lose a lot if you try decide to resell it, are you? Um, I'm, I'm guessing there are various taxes and and bearing in mind this was a show special, so it was in Canada. If you want to bring it back to the US, you'd have to pay. Uh, duty when you take it over the border and all that kind of stuff so which is a bit of a nightmare I know anyway still nice to see um, for Canadians uh, uh, even with sales tax on top of that 6,000 uh, Canadian dollars nice price I, I hope uh, hope Andrew got some some good sales out of that show which right. looked looked a great show by the way I've heard I mention it any other time uh, really impressive looking uh, set up there and some some nice uh, vendors as well so uh, one thing one other thing people adventures have been doing is uh, on their instagram account they've been showing some just a little short video of some art from their elements game which is uh, to be uh, debuting at pinball expo that's right yep yeah, we look forward to seeing it there. Um, not much to, to show on the video, but it's just a little bit. Um, so if you go to Instagram and look for Pinball Adventures there, you can see some pictures. I think they also have some pictures from uh, from the Yegpin show as well. So you can uh, see what I'm talking about when I'm saying what a, what a nice-looking show it was. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. Very welcome. So okay. next company. Jersey Jack Pinball. Wow, and a, I was going to say a busy month, but a quiet month, actually, <laughs> would probably be more accurate, I think, at least as far as news goes. I'm sure, sure it's far from uh, quiet at the factory, but well, uh, uh, not much in the I'm, way of I'm, announcements. I, um, speaking of the factory, um, they did start uh, manufacturing the uh, collector's editions of The Godfather. Yeah, that's the the top end model. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that that should keep them busy uh, for for some time, I suppose. Yes, and uh, seeing some pictures of those games on the line, they look uh, look amazing. You know, because they are they are so rich and ornate, and seeing a whole row of them lined up, it just uh, well, it's an impressive sight. Put it that way. Right, uh, and uh, well, we mentioned uh, Mark uh, Tremonti earlier on mm. uh, when we were discussing uh, Stern Pinball. Um, uh, on the uh, social media of Jersey Jack Pinball, they did share a, uh, a video, or, um, which you can also find on YouTube, by the way, of the uh, orchestral recordings for uh, The Godfather, including Mark Tremonti 
singing that uh, the Godfather theme, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. Yeah. And interestingly, uh, it, it appears that um, Eric Meunier and Jack Ranieri also uh, did their parts in that recording. Uh, well, I've seen, um, seen Eric um, singing the, right. uh, the themes. Well, that's one of the uh, hidden Easter eggs within it there is there is the video of uh, of him doing that uh, i haven't seen one of jack though so that's uh, what, uh, well, what was jack's involvement with that exactly well he also he sang it once i'm not sure how good it was and i'm not sure whether they kept it in <laughs> uh, but uh, the video mentioned that he did sing uh, sang it once so and um, apparently um, uh, tied in with the uh, um, uh, uh, orchestral uh, 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 behind-the-scenes video, there is a, uh, a sort of a giveaway. Take a chance for charity is giving away a, uh, a 50th Henry Godfather pinball limited edition game. Wow. Um, and there's a link um, which links to the Tremonti Sings Sinatra.com website. Um, uh, for uh, where you can enter for a chance to win. So if you want to win a Godfather uh, pinball machine, uh, you should probably look that up and um, see if you're uh, eligible to win and enter and, and what have you. Mm. Well, that's a great, great prize. Um, I want to uh, want to know which machine has got um, Jack, though, singing uh, Speak Softly Love in it whether it's just Jack's personal machine or whether uh, it's another hidden Easter egg within every machine. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if there are any backing vocals that we might hear Jack all the time and not be aware of it. Ooh, interesting. Well, was, I mean, there was a picture sh uh, shared on social media of him in the recording studio. Yes. So uh, he wasn't just there as an observer then. So no. who knows? We'll have, to, we'll have to get him on the on the on the uh, pincast, won't we? And we can ask him more about that. So maybe we'll we'll invite him on uh, next month, and he can tell us about uh, about the recording session. Right, right, okay. So um, that that sort of rounds it up for uh, Jersey Jack Pinball uh, this month. Like we said, they're still busy building pinball machines, but news-wise, it was a rather slow month. Yes, indeed, and, and not much uh, different up uh, a little further north, up at Spooky Pinball up in Wisconsin. Right. They're still busy building their Scooby-Doo games, um, which is understandable. Uh, it's a, a very nice-looking game, and we look for, for, well, I, I certainly look forward to getting some more playtime on it because I didn't get a huge amount at the Texas show, and I haven't seen one since. Yeah, so, but it was a very fun playing game, surprisingly was, fun playing game, yes. Yeah, well, since then, there's, uh, there's been new code added, and this month there were there were actually two code drops. There was one which added a new Shaggy mode uh, as the character, not uh, anything else. And uh, and then shortly after there was a, an even newer code came out uh, which added a Daphne mode. Um, also, um, add a uh, speeded up the the uh, the kickout from the mystery machine. That's one of the things I think everybody noticed when they played it for the first time. That when you shoot the ball into the Know, the bus, the mystery machine. It took a long time for the ball to come back onto the playfield. Well, I think that's I'm been still waiting up. for that. <laughs> it doesn't take that long, but uh, <laughs> it, takes, it took a while. But anyway, I said it, it's, it's been sped up now, and there'll be further improvements to that coming. 
So uh, not quite sure how that's going to happen, but uh, congratulations on on uh, listening to, to customer and player feedback and uh, taking steps to address that particular issue. Other things which are pretty much about um, housekeeping, about all the menu items are saved now every time you update the game and so all the audits. Um, and a few minor bug fixes so not much more to say about the code and the code is the only thing we had to say anything about from Swiggy Pinball this month yeah okay um, and uh, well there's one more thing uh, with new code Spooky tends to do a um, uh, a live stream uh, video of the new rules and um, I normally be bugs playing it yeah and it's scheduled for tonight Oh, okay. uh, which is the what day are we today? Um, the third of uh, 3rd August. August. Yes. Yeah. So um, by the time, time you hear, you hear this, this, you probably missed it. <laughs> you probably missed it, <laughs> right? But I'm well, sure it will be you available. Might, you might still be in time, and uh, else you can always watch the replay on uh, on YouTube, I suppose. Yeah, I'm sure it will be there, or, or Twitch, or one or the other. <laughs> Certainly. So have a look on the uh, on Spooky's social media feeds um, as soon as you hear this, and you, uh, you you will either find details about the stream that's taking place tonight, or where you can watch it. Right. Okay. Now, we started so, off by uh, talking, well, our third headline was about lots of uh, new appointments. So we already already covered quite a few. Yes, but, at Stern uh, Pinball. Yes, at Stern Pinball. But there's, there's still more to come. And um, well, we, we, uh, we'll talk about Multimorphic now down in yeah. Texas. Yeah. And um, they have announced that um, Nick Baldridge has joined the Multimorphic team as customer support representative. Right. So, During non-office hours, as far as I understood. Yeah, sorry about that. Just having a little cough there because uh, I need to have a slight cold at the moment. But uh, I didn't so, know, realize what I was saying was seriously causing you to cough. Uh, it was so <laughs> out, outlandish, I couldn't believe it. I was uh, choking on the words. No, but uh, yeah, so well, we know Nick very well from uh, the games that he's built for the P3 yeah. pinball platform and from his, his long for, long time uh, championing of bingo games and building his own bingo game, multi-bingo yeah. game. So for he's the a, uh, For Amusement Only uh, company. Yeah, and company, uh, yeah. he does his, uh, his podcast, I think, uh, certainly does He's very um, active and proactive in the uh, in the enthusiasm um, realms, shall I say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, an all-round good guy, and he knows the P3 inside out, so it's great that he is now helping, well, helping Multimorphic as part of the team in uh, providing customer support requests outside normal business hours, because <laughs> it kind of sounded to me a bit like, well, he's always working on the game anyway, so he might as well uh, answer yeah. some questions about it during that time as well, right. uh, and, okay, and become so. part of the team. Now, speaking of, of Nick... Uh, Nick's games that he programmed for the P3 uh, mm-hmm. Drained, Silver Falls uh, Rhythm Explosion and uh, Ranger in the Ruins um, they um, got software updates as well including uh, 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 the, the, the possibility to add medals or achievements and uh, some new gameplay features and a new speaker light kit support yeah so, uh, very nice for uh, those people who, who bought those games for their P3 platform to get all that, to get new code updates across all, all four of them from, from Nick. So, he's been busy doing that. Yeah. 
So, but it's all about not all about Nick, of course. Uh, um, uh, the company is still run by uh, Jerry Stellenberg, mm-hmm. who uh, sent out a, uh, um, was a sort of monthly uh, update about the company, uh, which contained some uh, some good news, I suppose. Uh, he informed us that uh, they hired more production staff and a uh, production manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, results in the reduction of delays uh, and waiting times. Um, if you order a complete P3 machine now, um, chances are you get it within six months, uh, which is uh, different uh, than when, for example, Heist was announced. Uh, then there was a waiting time of 12 months. Yeah, at least at least 12, if not 14, yes months right yeah Yeah. so um um, and all game kit orders except final resistance have been uh, caught up by now um production problems with uh, the building of a final resistance um well they were expecting uh to start shipping final resistance at the start of july but uh Due to these uh, issues that they run into, there's no exact date for the start of production given uh, right now, which mm. means that the problem hasn't been solved yet. And it's probably, uh, and this is just an, uh, um, uh, me uh, guessing, uh, it, this might have to do with supply chain issues. Yeah, you know, if you if you um, come across something you just and uh, requires a, a new part to be fabricated, then obviously there are lead times on getting those parts, or, or the way that part is made needs to be changed to make it more resilient and stronger, or um, to avoid ball hang-ups. Then yeah, it can you know, it could be months before you can actually get those new parts delivered. Right, but the good news is, once those parts are in, uh, production will be quicker um, than they originally expected. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, you you will get your game quicker once they finally start. Yeah. So if you were if you were waiting for your game and you start the queue, it will take longer to get that than you were originally expecting. But if you're further down the queue, you'll probably get them at least as when you expected to, if not sooner. So that's good. And now that the uh, production is will happen faster once, once it actually starts. And uh, right. and the other good thing about that is uh, for Final Resistance is that they will sh- the, the kits will ship with the latest code, which is currently feature complete at version 1.0.0.0. So, wow. uh, okay. so everything in it um, that's intended to be in it when when you actually get the kit. Okay, so, um, and that, that sort of rounds it up for... Um, well, just one other thing that, uh, we mentioned this in, in previous months, that Jerry has also been sort of introducing various members of the team who work at Multimorphic um, on social media, and he's continuing to do that. So um, this this past month has been been a couple, including uh, uh, Stephen Silver, who's a well, well-known designer of Heist, amongst other games, and... Um, if you want to find out more about him and other members of the uh, the multi-morphic uh, team, head over to multi-morphic social media feeds. Probably the Facebook page is the the best one to go to to get uh, get more information. Well, I was going to say Jerry has been doing this so long. Some of the members he already introduced <laughs> already retired. <laughs> 
<laughs> by now. No, yeah. no, I, I kid, I kid. I know. No, not yet. No. But it's always always good to know who's uh, who's at the company and uh, uh, and who to contact as well and, and who to thank or ask questions of when you see them at shows. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, that does round it up for Multimorph yeah. for uh, for now. Um, I did notice that you wrote some notes on Cardona pinball design. Yes. Um, well, we mentioned before about uh, about their their new Black Rose Skull and Bones kit, and yes. the fact that it was it was kind of shown at shows, but uh, hasn't been available to purchase yet, and it's still not available to purchase yet. Ah. which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, I thought it, thought it would be available by now. Um, but if you go to the cardonapinball.com site, um, you can read about it, but you can't actually order it yet. But you can order their, uh, their No Good Gophers Battle for the Green. That is available now through Planetary Pinball, Coin Takers, uh, Coin Taker, I should say, and other uh, distributors. So that uh, if you want to... You want to, uh, you're itching to add another 2.0 or uh, upgrade kit to one of your games. You can do No Good Gophers, but you can't quite yet do Black Rose. We'll let you know as soon as that becomes available. Right. Okay. So, moving on to, well, where do you want to go? Uh, let's, let's pop around the corner to, from your place and uh, talk about Dutch Pinball. Yeah, I just signed an NDA. Can't discuss anything. Okay, so moving on. Um, <laughs> over in oh no, okay. That's all we can do. We do have some news we can report. From yes. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, no, I did. Uh, uh, I was at the factory uh, yesterday um, for a project that I cannot discuss. Um, uh, also, because it's uh, we still have to see whether it ever will see the light of day. Um, uh, and it does not exactly involve that spinball mm. um, but uh, Barry was kind enough to uh, uh, give us a little corner in the factory to play around with uh, something to see whether that will ever see the light of day so <laughs> I was in the corner of the factory playing around with uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I think we better move on quickly um <laughs> The things that we can talk about. Um, yeah, well, um, but while I was there, what what did surprise me is to see uh, the number of people he has on uh, uh, in the, in the uh, assembly process uh, currently working, uh, even though it is uh, holiday mm. uh, time, uh, holiday season, I should say. So, uh, three or four people were not present, and I still was impressed with. Uh, how many people were working there building a big Lebowski game. So um, I thought I'd mention that. Right. Okay. Good. Well, um, and and, and the official news is... Yes. Say, there is some, uh, an official announcement. Yes, exactly. Um, and that uh, changes things slightly uh, uh, into a more professional manner, I would say, for, uh, for Dutch Pinball, in the sense that they uh, appointed... Uh, Pinball Pleasure, the uh, company run by uh, Christophe Linar, who is, uh, for example, distributor for Jersey Jack in France and Belgium and the Netherlands. Indeed. Um, to assign him as uh, their European master distributor uh, as of the 1st of July of this year. Um, and that means that Christoph is uh, responsible for uh, 
sales of the Big Lebowski in Europe, but he's also responsible for appointing uh, resellers, so to speak, that purchase the game through him and then offer it, uh, for example, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And in this case, uh, we can already review two resellers who uh, have been announced. The first one being uh, Pinball Universe in Germany, and the second, Pinball Heaven in the UK. Right. Now, I don't, I don't know whether... Well, I assume they were both selling the game previously, anyway. Yeah, but they could, probably got it directly from the yes. symbol. And Indeed. That, that this probably clears up the, um, uh, uh, the traffic, I suppose, uh, involved in uh, uh, receiving calls from various uh, resellers who want to order... Uh, uh, games and so on. Now it all goes to Christoph, and basically it's one phone call from Christoph. I need this many games, and then he takes care of distribution to whoever yes. they ordered. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of like uh, one truck will go to Christoph for all the, all the European sales, another one will go to send the games to Cointaker for North American sales, uh, or at least for US sales. And uh, I don't know about in Canada whether Nitro is a distributor for them uh, over there, but um, yeah, so they've only got they haven't got to deal with each each uh, distributor individually, or each country's right. distributors individually. So it makes it a lot simpler for Barry, and uh, but also puts another another stage in the in the process. Right. So uh, which probably but it means a, another. Well, I, I haven't seen a, an announcement of a price increase, so. Um, maybe that, that hasn't happened, but yeah. Uh, yeah so, p- congratulations to Christoph in getting the uh, the master distributorship for Europe. Yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, we look forward to seeing those games, you know, have, being more available across uh, the whole of the the continent. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, obviously, and future is, titles uh, as well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which are still. Uh, um, uh, well, some time away, as we discussed uh, mm-hmm. uh, last month. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, more stuff in the works at Dutch Pinball uh, that I can't talk about right now. But as soon as we can, you'll be the first to hear it here. Right. Good. Okay. Well, then, if we can't say any more about them, then we'll move on to our next company and we'll head over to Taiwan, where right. Homepin have been busy with yeah. uh, This Is Spinal Tap game. Yes, no, they I signed an NDA. I can't yeah. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good job that only, only one of us signs an NDA. I wouldn't have anything to say at all. But we can right. say that uh, the Home Pin have uh, been, been posting a few pictures on Facebook um, showing uh, six of their This Is Spinal Tap pinball machines being assembled in their factory. Um, Mike Kalinowski said uh, everyone here is starting to get a handle on the workflow we will be shipping out our first full container within a couple of weeks finished machines are being tested and packed so that's good Um, nice that that game's actually getting out in some kind of quantity now or about to next couple of weeks he says and of course uh, container presumably means going via sea so that could probably be quite a few more weeks before they actually end up in their destination Mm -hmm. Um, not a huge amount more to say I was looking at the pictures of the game and I noticed they they did have a large toroidal transformer in the bottom of the cabinet now toroidal transformers are normally reserved for higher quality 
products like audio um, equipment where you uh, need a transform which is more capable of delivering uh, power uh, quickly and reliably um, much better than a, a sort of a switching power supply or even just a, a sort of a, on the square block transformers so troil transformers tend to have a lot more stability to them uh, which is generally a good sign so uh, nice to see home pin putting a, a quality transformer in the, in the bottom of their game um, the rest of the playfield looked looked suitably uh, high quality as well but we okay. could only see the bottom of it um, from the pictures in the uh, from the factory Right. At least in this okay. most recent update, but uh, it's a good sign, anyway, and uh, nice to see that the game will be uh, heading out of the factory in, in the next couple of weeks. Right. Okay. Now, um, uh, in our notes that we are uh, sharing, um, uh, all the way at the end, we also have a um, a little bit um, other news mm-hmm. related to the uh, Scandinavian uh, pinball uh, factory. Uh, which other uh, well uh, despite the name they're actually located in uh, uh, Taiwan as well yeah so Norway and Taiwan Um, now we I'm not entirely sure how news how much news this is how new this news is but um, I I did see about them announcing an upcoming game called Troll um, which we made Troll the pinball machine which has been made in conjunction with fellow Taiwan people company we've just been talking about Home Pin. Home Pin. Yeah. Uh, yes. Good link. Yeah, nice bridge and there. So, um, which they originally said is uh, supposedly for release in 2023. That's right. what it said when I first saw it earlier this month, or early last month, I should say, uh, about the month we're talking about. But more recently, just before we started in this recording, I checked again, and it, that has been changed to 2024 now. And there's no more detail about them working with Homepin on on the troll game. Huh. Well, whether they're not working with them, I don't know, or whether that's um, maybe not uh, something they want to publicise so much at the moment because Homepin are busy building their own game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are still a, uh, a distributor for uh, home pin parts. Indeed, they have a, a website called homepinstore.com where they sell home pin parts and worldwidepinball.com where um, they sell uh, it was a parts store for other part resellers, not for retail direct customers. So this is, you know, for your local pinball company, they could buy from worldwide, worldwidepinball.com. Um, and they ship the parts from their base, as you mentioned, they have a base in Taiwan. Right, okay. So that's two homes, troll, of course. This hmm. troll game, uh, do we know anything about it? What what it will be like? Well, there's a list of features. They said it will have three flippers, a big rotating troll that shoots, sil- shoots silver balls. Well, I assume they're pinballs. Um, a big mountain loaded with tunnels and caves, which sounds an interesting uh, multi-way um, feature. Uh, has magnets um, off with the head, an active and quite brutal goblin with an axe. Wow. You better be careful how you play this game. Uh, a multitude of multi-ball modes... Uh, you can play as a troll, a troll hunter, or a priest. There Ooh. you go. Choose your character again. You'll you'll, you'll love this. Um, <laughs> um, with a combination of speed and strategy shots, uh, Newton ball, kickback, um, shaker motor, eight ball game apparently, and a wide body. 
So okay. the wide is having a little bit of a comeback, aren't they? After well, Scooby Doo and I suppose we just have to keep an eye on the on the Scandinavian uh, Pinball Factory website uh, to see whether um, uh, there is any news on this troll game or whether they are trolling us. Oh, hey, well done, bravo, sir. Um, yeah, well, it'd be nice. It's nice to think it. Uh, we will have another. Uh, pinball manufacturer out there um, another one based up in Scandinavia that, uh, this one in Norway uh, and Taiwan so it sounds like they, they have the manufacturing facilities in uh, Taiwan and the uh, maybe the uh, distributorship for uh, Europe based in Norway so uh, yeah and if they're working with Homepin as well you know uh, they have a, a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge about the game and, and construction and uh, design right Okay, mm-hmm. so moving back to uh, to the US. Yeah, yeah. Where were we? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Now this is a bit of news that you you came up with from a actually, company. Well, yeah. Uh, actually, I didn't come up with it. I found it. You found it. The, uh, the I found it. I found it. I've seen a light. <laughs> no, uh, I kid. Um, uh, Net Arcade did a, a little research on trademark, as they uh, uh, quite often do, actually. Um, and they uh, discovered that uh, Tilbop Pinball, uh, the company uh, founded by uh, Bob Neese, who is the, uh, the known for his homebrew game Elf, uh, which won uh, a couple of awards, I, uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he founded this company, uh, Tilpop Pinball, and they trademarked the name Tilpop Pinball as well as uh, the name for their first game, which is going to be Road Trip. Okay. Um, that's a concept that we've seen uh, mm-hmm. quite a few times actually uh, in, in in Pinball, in Roadshow, Vacation America, and uh, yep. it's probably another, a couple of other titles that we uh, can think of. Yeah, sort of like uh, Harley Davidson type games as well. Yeah. Road exactly. Kings. Yeah. So, um, and there's uh, uh, Jason, uh, who runs the Nap Arcade, uh, reached out to, uh, to Bob, found out some more details about the game. Um, if you want to read everything, I suggest you go to uh, naparcade.org. But uh, uh, Road Trip is currently being designed as a four-flipper white body game. Oh, there we go again. Uh, with a, uh, an original theme, of course. Uh, no references to any existing movies or pinball uh, machines. And, uh, of course, more to come. Um, we still have to see how... Uh, Till Bob is going to to uh, first of all design and then take this design into production. Um, as the last time we mentioned them, they were still operating from the garage of uh, of Bob. So mm-hmm. we just have to uh, wait and see. But at least the first steps are being taken into taking things uh, very seriously with a uh, trademark registration. So. so uh, Good news on that end. Yeah, I, I wish them well and hope they are able to to bring out the game and uh, and also have it at a, a reasonable price, which is right. uh, one of the well probably the biggest challenge I think for any new company is to uh, be able to to keep the the cost uh, the cost of manufacturing down to something right. that's affordable and comparable to other games because otherwise it'll always be compared to oh well, am I going to buy this for this price or am I going to buy a Godfather for that for the same price or a, a Venom LE or something for that price you know yeah. so it's a, it's a tough market out there with so many companies but uh, we, we do wish them well right 
Okay, now um, Chicago Gaming um, didn't have much news, no. um, although Josh Sharp uh, did appear uh, or did an interview with the uh, the Pinball Chinwag podcast, episode 66. Uh, one of the things he revealed about uh, Pulp Fiction is that um, the main reason for showcasing the game at the Texas Pinball Festival uh, was that the game had to be announced before March uh, 31st of this year. Uh, that was a contractual obligation, else they would lose the license and would be in a deeper uh, trouble, I suppose. Um, even though they were not apparently uh, capable of going into production immediately, they did show the game and a couple of games uh, since appeared on uh, on location and at various shows. So, um, everybody is, as far as I can tell, uh, very enthusiastic about this uh, uh, this game title, uh, and we're still waiting for uh, production updates uh, from uh, from Chicago Gaming. Um, but there's no news on that, so we can't discuss that. Nope, uh, we, they're, they're busy building their own games at the moment, so uh, they're working on their uh, Cactus Canyons. So we, and, and it seems that uh, the production of those is, is pretty slow as well at the moment. Right. So uh, one, this probably still have to get those done before they can start working on uh, Pulp Fiction. But uh, yeah, so, uh, not scheduled, I don't think, until next year now. So uh, we, uh, we do look forward to seeing it when it does come out because it's a good, fun game. But uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to play it uh, when we could go to Chicago uh, in October. But uh, no guarantees. And uh, until then, we just have to wait and right. move on to our next yeah. company. Yeah, well, then we have to wait for news from those companies uh, because there's actually uh, quite a list of companies that we have no news from. Yeah. So, well, uh, so we'll just list them quickly. American Pinball. No news. Bitronic Spain. No news. Quetzal Pinball Spain. Also no news. Turner Pinball. Still US. no news. Still no news. Circus Maximus. Continuing to be no news. And the new mysterious pinball company that has been teasing us the last couple of months. With emails... Um, just saying that they are there, uh, but no news, no no teases or uh, pr- promotions this month. Okay, or we missed them at the uh, Sun and Fried uh, show, but um, I didn't see anything pop up or or no, but oh me, yeah. Okay, so then there is the other news section, uh, which in this case is entirely dedicated to Deep Root. Oh, yes. Um, yes, that's right. We covered everything else already. So just a little uh, quick wrap-up of uh, Deep Root news for those uh, still following this particular story. Now, um, remember last month reported that uh, the SEC and Robert Mueller were uh, went to... Um, uh, they, they they had a meeting and they tried, tried to, to try to settle something. Yeah, tried or? to settle it out of court. Um, didn't happen. Uh, went to arbitration and um, couldn't agree on anything. So it was going to be a, go back to the court for a court 
trial date, which has now been set for the 4th of December this year. Uh, that may move, of course, uh, according to various um, court demands or for uh, motions for, for delay. But uh, 4th of December 2023 at 10.30 a.m., uh, that'll be, um, I guess that'll be Texas time. So uh, uh, we look forward to seeing what happens about that in the meantime, the, before then, there will, are various will, deadlines. Will there be a live stream from that court uh case um don't know at the moment there's not i haven't seen anything put in place yet but no it's it's a a while away yet so we'll we'll let you know if anything is going to be available and we'll we'll obviously update you on any developments in the meantime one of which is that um a law firm acting for uh the back bankruptcy trustee that's the people who lost money in the various deep root companies put in a claim for their work and expenses of two hundred and forty one thousand dollars for the four four months february to may so there's a lot of work going on there for and they did itemize it all and it's uh i'd like to say it's interesting reading but it it isn't uh, having read it i can tell you that so yeah so that brings their total expenses i think now to more than one million dollars in trying to so, recover um not, money. not the cheapest law firm they could find i suppose well no i guess they uh didn't go to uh, bankruptcy lawyers or us.com or whatever um uh, <laughs> but um one interesting point from that was um some of the claims they put in are for work providing details of the case to the Department of Justice, as well as uh, to the SEC. So that kind of adds to the suggestion there could be a federal indictment once the SEC's civil case concludes, and uh, would be another reason why Robert might choose not to admit to any wrongdoing in the SEC case, as that could prejudice any any defence he might have in any following criminal case. Okay, so uh, it's a lot easier, you know, if if he... holds out his his claim of innocence throughout um then the uh, a criminal case would have to overcome that if he's admitted to doing wrongdoing before right. then uh, that's uh, it's almost uh, dropped himself in it uh one other thing was that i noticed a, a law firm is working with a company called tuyo and uh, which actually takes us back to something we talked about earlier because tuyo is a joint company of chris turner of turner pinball Mm-hmm. And Greg Yost, then uh, they were the, the the couple who bought the insurance policies from Robert Mueller's policy service company when everything collapsed. Uh, apparently, one one policy was for one and a half million dollars and was expected to pay out when the insured person uh, it was a life insurance policy when when that person died. Uh, but uh, and and they did recently. But then the issuer is saying that the policy had lapsed. In the meantime, hadn't been maintained, and uh, that company, Transamerica, is refusing to pay out. Uh, there's now a legal battle to prove it hadn't lapsed. Um, only interesting because the bankruptcy trustee, the one who's trying to get all the money for it, is due to get 50% of that payout uh, if it happens. So that would be uh, you know, $750,000 more for those people who lost money in the deep root case. So... Uh, at the moment, that's uh, an ongoing legal battle to try and recover some more money from the uh, the ashes of uh, the Deep Root Policy Services debacle. Right. And that wraps it up for uh, the Deep Root update for this month.
Well, that wraps it up for uh, the pinball industry news for uh, July 2023. It does indeed, yes. So thank you for listening to this month's pincast. Uh, We'll be back at the start of September with our next monthly pincast, looking back at all the excitement that took place in the pinball world throughout this month of August. So until then, from uh, from me, Martin Ayub of Pinball News. And me, Jonathan Houston, the editor of uh, Pinball Magazine. We wish you a very, very happy August, and we'll see you at the start of September. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.